the Kinky Boys podcast. Exploring one kink at a time. Hello and welcome to the Kinky Boys podcast. I'm Craig. And I'm Arzer. And today we are just the two of us, and we'll be talking you through um, cybersex, essentially, and all the modelings. Yes, 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 because right now people are not able to go out. Well, I I will say people shouldn't be going out. It's not that they're not able to, because I've heard stories that have made me go, "You're doing what in a pandemic in a closed jeep with someone you don't know." But mm-hmm. you shouldn't be going out. No, no. So, of course, this is the perfect time to get good at stuff like cam sex and long-distance domming and teledidonics. So, uh, first, I would like to thank our pat- patrons for sponsoring this show. Uh, special thank thanks to Dave, who's on our um, sponsorship tier. Thank you very much. You make this show possible. Um, yeah, so... Let's start with the basics on cam sex. Yeah, so there are a few things to keep in mind, um, but let's start with the hardware uh, end of it. Mm -hmm. Um, So first of all, you're probably going to want a headset of some kind. Um, And the reason you're going to want a headset is, assuming that you do not live all by your lonesome, which, you know, some of us do, Mm -hmm. but many of us don't, it, it can create uh, a little bit of uh, social isolation tension when everyone else in the house can hear it. Um, I tried that with uh, one of my boys on an open mic and was told that everyone else could hear everything else in the house, <laughs> including one person who was on a work call. So we uh, we switched to a headset pretty fast after that. Um, a simple Bluetooth headset is best. You, you probably don't want to around with a wire while you're trying to do all this you're going to have enough things to worry about uh you know with synchronizing toys and video feeds and other stuff and uh, you're probably going to want to be in reasonable proximity to the device you're using for video and audio so Mm -hmm. uh line of sight is best you know don't like set something up that might be you know a, a room over or have a wall in between you and it um, that's that's probably not going to work. Um, I know that's not necessarily someone something someone would do with a video feed, but with an audio feed, uh, it's not uncommon for people in this household to wander around with a headset connected to a device that's in another room, and it's not uncommon for them to go, oh, wait, I'm getting a beep that I'm disconnecting. I've got to go move back. You, you don't want to put up with that either. Yeah. No, so, yeah, I mean, you can get decent... Uh, a lot of them brand themselves as gamer headsets that are quite decent quality. Um, and I get by with just a simple Bluetooth headset of the sort you mm-hmm. you know buy or you know an airplane trip or whatever, connected to my iPad, and then I run Skype from my iPad, and there's actually the ability to start a video call with no participants and send a link so that people can join in using that link and mm. I will send that on telegram to whoever's joining. And that way, once everything's set up, I don't have to monkey around with the iPad. It's already connected up. My headset's on people just join when they're ready. 
that's worked best for me. Yeah. So Skype, as you say, now has the broadcast and a lot of people are using Zoom and some people are using Jitsi. Um, obviously, there's pros and cons to each. Um, like security, I know, is a big problem on Zoom. I have been in several group chats that have been, quote unquote, Zoom bombed. So yeah. that's a thing that's going on right now. Yeah, it, Zoom's got a lot to not recommend it. Um, I would even suggest looking at something like Google Hangouts before that. Mm. Um, do they still exist? Hasn't Google sunsetted that like they do with all their chat apps after like 10 minutes? Well, let's see. Uh, Hangouts.google.com still live on this end. Oh, and still has a record of the video call I made in 2016 when a friend of ours helped do a remote video tour of the house we ultimately bought. So, yes, it's still there. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I would recommend it before that. FaceTime is very secure, but does not have the benefit of allowing you to participate with more than one person at once. It tends to be very one-on-one. -on -one. And mm -hmm. as, as such, you know, if, if you're doing you know, something a little bit more personal with just one person, that's fine. If you're having a big teledildonics virtual orgy, probably not the app for you. No. So, yeah, simple Bluetooth headset will be quite good. Uh, the other thing is webcams. Now, most laptops these days come with webcams built in to varying quality. Yeah, the best quality I've ever seen uh, is the webcam on the MacBook Pro. Uh, unquestionably, it's super high end and super high resolution. But what that can also mean is it can consume a super large amount of bandwidth, depending on the application you're using. Mm -hmm. um, for those of you who are less technically inclined, think of bandwidth as, uh, you know, the available size of a pipe that you're pouring water through. And the more water you push through that pipe, the harder it becomes when it fills up to get more water to go through it. And uh, the webcams for Macs tend to generate a lot of water to put through that pipe because they're so high resolution. Uh, on my PC, I get by with uh, an old Logitech USB webcam. Mm -hmm. They're dirt cheap. They have great features. They connect to just about everything on Earth. That's a good value option. Yeah. Like, you don't need a webcam that goes anything above 720p. Like, you're not trying to make a career as a sh gaming streamer or anything like that. You're just there to have a video chat. You don't, Like, 720p should be the roof of what you're aiming for. Yeah, e even if you are doing something for OnlyFans or just for fans or whatever, you, you still have to keep in mind the amount of bandwidth you would be pushing to a viewer. So even in those circumstances where you want the best possible quality, you also have to keep in mind that you want video to flow smoothly. So 720p is a good ceiling. Yeah. And it's like, because I know some people like rig up their DSLR cameras because they basically got live video out. And that's great. But you have to make sure you downgrade the output that they're giving you. That that or if, you know, keep in mind that even if you have a, a superstar destroyer class Internet connection with like, here in uh, Vancouver, Washington, I get 250 megabits. Um, not everyone on the other end is going to have access to that type of internet. So sometimes it's a good idea to just sort of ask, you know, it used to be age, sex, location. Now it's like, so what's your, what's your internet connection like? Um, <laughs> yeah. And I mean, if we're talking about internet connection, always go wired. 
One of the biggest bottlenecks is Wi-Fi in the home. Um, and wired connections are always far superior and, more importantly, far more stable. I'm, a- I'm actually going to, to give a, a devil's advocate counterpoint because I actually don't do that and I've been getting good results. But if you're going to go all wireless, you are not going to hack it with older types of Wi-Fi. You're not going to be able to do it with 802.11b. Also, why the hell do you still have 802.11b in the year 2020? Even 802.11g can be a little touch and go because that's on, and this is going to get really geeky, folks, the 2.4 and 5 (laughs) gigahertz bands. I highly recommend upgrading to 802.11ac and verifying Mm -hmm. whether your devices can handle that. 802.11ac was built around pushing a lot of data for multimedia, and that is what I use for all of my telesex sessions with my boys, is that uh, I just, gives me the freedom to put my devices anywhere I want. I don't even have a a wired uh, adapter for my iPad. And it's worked super well so far, but you also have to know what you're doing, tune your Wi-Fi, make sure you don't have signal interference. So your mileage may vary. If you can plug in, sure, it'll be easier. If you want some more freedom to position things wherever you want them, wireless works better for for some of us who like to get you know the right angle to the bed or Mm -hmm. what have you and it's also important make sure no other high bandwidth stuff is running on your computer or or even your flatmate or housemate or your partner's computer at the time Um, if they're streaming like a full hd on netflix it's going to impact your video connection same with like having a million tabs open on Chrome or something. And and this also brings up an excellent point about internet manners and, and consideration in the age of COVID. So uh, that previous example I gave about having an open microphone and everyone being able to hear it, I have to really be careful because some people in the house are still working at the time that my friends and I are off and are looking to get off. So it's really also about consideration, picking the right time. If someone else is doing a high bandwidth video call in the house, that might also be a work call. So this is probably Mm -hmm. not an opportune time for two reasons for you to do your thing. Yeah, and it's also worth noting, like, the bandwidth infrastructure itself tends to get stressed around certain times. Um, obviously the worst time is between, I believe it's five and 8 PM is the time where it's most in use. It, it varies around these parts. Everyone seems to be on a different schedule ever since they started working from mm-hmm. home. Um, I, have it hasn't been a huge impact on me cause I've worked from home for years now, but for some other folks, you know, for example, again, one of my housemates has switched over to a Monday through Friday schedule when they used to be four days on, three days off. So people's working hours are in flux. It's better just to run speed test um, or whatever its equivalent is to test your bandwidth. Check out the waters before you start doing something if you're concerned you might not be uh, getting your best uh, bandwidth result. Yeah, it's basically being prepared. Like, yes, prepare and just see what things are like in your area. Um, 
So when the call's actually ongoing, I think a big thing to remember is, and this is especially for if like you're doing a power exchange scene, is remember connections break down and you get delays and well delays like there will be a lag in what you say and what they hear it's true and there can be with teledildonics depending on the device there can be some lag there um you know keep in mind that you're dealing with electronic devices that are trying to synchronize through multiple jumps to points all over the globe um i know that when my canadian boy and i play you know we're we're not just on different timetables, we're on different grades of internet connection with lots of hops between us. So sometimes we need to work out a few problems before we, you know, get down to the good stuff. Yeah. So it's like I would always make sure at the start, make sure like your sub or your play partner, um, make sure they are free and open to question. Just say, like, sorry, I didn't catch that, or however you want to phrase it, like, just have a system in place where you can catch up without breaking roles, if that's your thing. And, and also, I'll, I will say, prepare your devices as much as you can beforehand, just as mm -hmm. much as your internet connection, because nothing is a boner kill, like, yeah, I'm ready to get started, followed by, okay, uh, it's not pairing. Okay, can you walk me through pairing? Okay, yeah. Oh, wait, now the app's detecting the wrong device. The, mm -hmm. When I have to do my day job before I can fuck, that that gets rough. And it's it's hard for other people, too, when they're like, okay, all right, I guess sex has to wait until tech support. Work out all the bugs you can beforehand. Test the device, pair the device, find out how it works, operate the controls for the device. There is nothing worse than having someone trying to figure out how to drive stick on you for the first time um so yeah that's another part of the preparation yeah it, it is very much making sure you're prepared so maybe we should talk about what sort of toys and teledonics are out there for people well uh i can speak from a lot more experience now because mm -hmm. what i and and my poly family have done is we have invested quite heavily in a lot of toys from lovens that's uh, L-O-V-E-N-S-E, I believe it is. And they mm -hmm. make a wide range of toys for men and for women. Um, the three big ones that tend to be popular um, with male-to-male -male, uh, connections are the Hush, which is a butt plug that comes in, I believe, three sizes. There is the Edge which is a prostate stimulator. looks a little bit like a friendly and softer crab claw. It has two motors in it, one inside and one on the perineum, so, and they can be controlled independently. So that can make for a lot of fun, stimulating sessions. And then there is the Max 2, which is a motorized masturbation sleeve with vibration and suction. And it has a changeable liner as well. So those are the three big ones I've had experience with lately. And I will say, I was originally skeptical, but I was like, okay, so, woof, my Canadian boyfriend 
has had to cancel his trip down here for the summer. Unfortunately, we're not going to be able to see each other this year. We have to go and find mm -hmm. another way to be intimate. And originally it was like, uh, I don't know, but hey, it's something, we'll try it. And it has surpassed all of our expectations and is a lot of fun, especially, you know, maybe occasionally he's at work, at home, sitting down at his desk in full rubber gear with that in, doing his thing. And maybe I'm on my cell phone controlling his plug while he's working through the day. Um, so that's that's been a lot of fun. Um, the Edge is something that has been a lot of fun myself for me to try. I may be a top, but I'm not narrow. And it's really a lot of fun once you get it tuned and dialed in and the motor's going. Um, I, I'll give sort of at this point a general sense for what the controls look like. If you've ever seen Star Trek, when they beam someone down and they have the sliders on the console, that's what the UI on the phone looks like. Only instead of sending the away party down to the planet, you are sending your partner into the stratosphere with vibrations and suction. So you have to have one hand ready and available on your phone or tablet mm -hmm. to work those sliders. And there are three modes. The regular mode, the minute your fingers come off any of those sliders, they snap down to zero and everything stops. This is my least favorite mode. Because when you are having telesex with someone, there is nothing worse than just suddenly the connection going dead. Because you'll be like, oh, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh, uh, still there? Oh, do you have to pair the device? Uh-uh. Keep, keep the rhythm going. And on the Lovence devices, the other two settings are a great way to do that. There's something called float, which means when you move the sliders and your hand comes off them for any reason... The sliders remain where they are and do not snap back to zero. So that's very handy because obviously when you're going hot and heavy, you've got one hand on your phone, you've got one hand maybe on yourself. You're probably not going to want to have to like worry about whether you're suddenly dropping the signal to your partner altogether and letting the sliders go to zero. And then my favorite mode out of the three of them, and the one I use the most, is loop which means for the duration of having your hand on those sliders and moving them up and down and adjusting them independently, one per finger, the minute you stop providing input, the device goes, okay, whatever you just did from the last time you touched the screen to the time when you stopped touching the screen, I'm going to do that over and over again in a loop. And that's what works best um, for all of us when we're having sex online is you know, I will set up a loop, you know, someone might have the edge in, I might have two fingers on the display, one for each motor inside and outside. I'll be trying to like do little loops around those two things with my fingers. So it's not just a boring up and down, so that I'm varying them. Yeah. And then once I've got a good pattern dialed in, I take my hand away from the phone for a while and just focus on having fun with sex. And when I feel like I need to change it up again, I'll put in a new pattern but that allows me to have long pauses where I'm not fiddling with the controls all the time. And that helps really keep you in the headspace. And that is why I'm going to move on to the one device that I haven't mentioned yet or discussed in depth yet that really depends on you not letting it drop those sensations. And that is the Max 2. The Max 2, mm -hmm. I would say, is probably 
one of the better masturbation devices I have encountered. Um, the suction's really good. There's a little port at the top. You have to pull the cork out of it so that you can get some airflow. And there's another adjustable air port where you can control the size of the aperture. There's a little slider that goes back and forth to partially or completely block a hole to increase the suction if you'd like. And there's also an emergency suction release button in the case that something's gone a little bit too far for you. But that device, you have to, first of all, use water-based lube with all of these devices. So that already is like, eh. Yeah, of favorite. course. Yeah. But then the other thing is, if you get hard and you penetrate the sleeve and it's vibrating and it's sucking, that'll keep you hard and that'll keep moving you toward coming. But if that signal just drops and it's like, oh, I'm not getting anything, you will go soft and you will slip out of it. And then you're going to have to spend some time getting hard all over again to penetrate it again and stay inside. And after mm -hmm. like a couple of rounds of that, if the other person isn't keeping up with it, it can be a lot less fun and they may feel like they just would like to get the job done with their hand. So with that device in particular, for, for the sake of all that is holy, use float or loop. Don't use the bottom setting. Your fingers will come off the screen. It will snap to zero and your other partner, you know, if they're close to coming, it's one thing to say, uh, you can't come yet. If they're not even like all the way hard yet, that's more <laughs> like that's yeah. not fun yeah. for anyone. So that's that's my experience with the Lovence devices so far. It has a free app um, for iOS, for Android. I think there's a PC one. I know there's one for Mac, but for PC and Mac, I can't really recommend those because you're really going to want the touch screen. Cool. Uh, yeah. Um, and they sound great. It's like, um, what was the name of the shop again? Uh, Lovence, and that's L-O-V-E-N-S-E. And the three toys in particular I mentioned are the Hush, the mm -hmm. Edge, and the Max 2. And, oh, and shoot, I forgot to mention, there are other features on a couple of those devices. For the Edge... And for the Hush, this may or may not apply to the Max 2, you can synchronize the toys. That's another setting where both partners, let's say both partners have a Hush butt plug-in, and you choose the sync feature. One person is given control of both toys, and whatever one person feels, the other person feels too. So the nice. same. Nice, nice. And for the Max 2... You can synchronize the Max 2 with another Max 2 for something called Telesex. I have not had a chance to try this one yet. But basically, the motions of one toy, like the physical motions of one toy, send feedback back to the other toy. So it's meant to kind of be like long-distance fucking with like the, the two Max 2 devices acting as the intermediary. Uh, to my knowledge, that is the only, like, male exclusive pairing that works lovence does make other devices that are for men and women that sync like a max 2 will sync with what they call the nora the nora is a female uh, vibrating toy that's meant to stimulate other zones that us guys do not have um, those can be synchronized for telesex as well but for guys the, the only option if it's male to male is the max 2 cool i mean they sound really fun um we can go to the opposite end of the spectrum from sex toys to chastity toys 
um, because a big deal has been made lately about um, a Wi-Fi enabled chassis device called oh god what's it called <laughs> I think it's called the Cellmate yes Cellmate and this is essentially a chassis device where instead of a lock and key it is a digitally controlled lock um, and it can be connected through the Wi-Fi so obviously um, someone else through its Wi-Fi connection can lock or unlock you um yeah that's most of it um yeah so the idea is you can do chastity play long distance um without having to have physical keys with some pretty serious caveats though yes there have been certain issues raised around this now um obviously the idea is if the battery gets um too low it will automatically unlock um which is you know a good safety feature but the trouble is this isn't hardwired this is programmed in um and someone has had an issue where their battery was not watertight um and it shorted out now luckily they weren't wearing it at the time um, but what this did mean is the lock fused in place, essentially. Yeah, and, and that's not the only story of that I've heard. Um, a, a friend of mine recently passed away a couple of months ago, mm-hmm. and I, you know, came into possession of some of his gear, which included two early prototypes of the cellmate. And those early prototypes came along with a cautionary story where our friend... Uh, Derek had apparently Mm -hmm. uh, been experimenting with one of them and getting the app set up. And due to a software glitch, it locked down and it did not really believe he was the one authorized to unlock the device. So he was, you know, this is the subject of, you know, dear bear. You know, I never thought it would be happening. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Only it wasn't quite so fun because he's like, no, seriously, this thing's on my junk and won't come off and I can't unlock it. And, And I'm the person who owns it. And so what began after that was what I can only describe as the plot of a really good comedy because he called in for technical support. The U.S. technical support was closed and he had to start working with Chinese technical support, I think with the aid of Google Translate, and try to figure out how to get this device off of him. Oh, dear Lord. Yeah, that was was not his best moment. And knowing Derek, I would not be surprised if he took (laughs) it. driver and a hammer to it derek was that type of guy mm-hmm. but uh, be, be advised these devices they sound hot on paper but they've got a, a ways to go before i think they're really that reliable and also it may be a small battery but i looked up the battery that goes into these devices after uh, you mentioned that shorting story craig they're lithium ion um as in lithium ion batteries that could possibly pop um, that's not a great scenario. Some of you, you know, a decade and a half ago or so may remember a very famous video of someone working on their laptop computer at a trade conference and a gout of flame bursting from the side of the lithium ion battery. Fun times. Um, smaller battery means smaller yeah. bada boom, but it's still a bada boom. near something yeah. you don't a bada boom. It's still near. right on top of your junk, which I'm sure you don't want. Yeah, I, uh, I, I think we have to, to give a thumbs down to this one for the time being. Yeah. 
There's also another one with a bit of a disappointing review, which is the lovely, uh, well, right now it's the lovely 2.0 smart cock ring. Uh, some folks may remember this as it was the first sort of Internet of Things enabled cock ring, and it was essentially uh, a GoFundMe project. Um, obviously, the first one got funded and they brought out a second one. Now, this is one of those sort of cock rings shaped like an egg, so it presses into your perineum. I think that's the right word. Um, yeah, right. Yeah. Um, and it's wireless charging and connects uh, through Bluetooth and can be blue- remote controlled through an app, like a lot of these teledildonics. Um, and it's basically still according to reviews quite disappointing uh it's slow to connect it um is a bit underwhelming in the way it vibrates it's still very bulky because it's for a cock ring it is like quite thick and chunky and a bit uncomfortable um yeah i think i'd warn people away from this one yeah Uh, i I, I haven't heard as much about this one, and uh, I'm looking at some of the, the information on it right now, and I would say probably, I don't know that I would invest $140, mm-hmm. I think it is, in one. That's that's a lot of money for a, a mixed review. I, there was one prototype, I've not heard anything about it since, that came up on my news feed, which was someone was trying to design a, and this was for women, um, design a uh, smart dildo that would measure the pulse rate from the inside of the vagina. And the idea is, uh, once it detects a woman has orgasmed, it would automatically order her favorite pizza, which I have to say is a genius idea. Maybe, but uh, I have an automatic cat feeder that was supposed to order a sack of cat food recently, and it didn't order a damn thing. It just said, yeah, your Amazon Dash order's been placed. And I'm like, my cat is not going to be eating air. I guess I have to go buy a bag myself. Um, oh, yeah. I, not... I, I, they had, there was a huge scandal about a, um, I think it was an automatic dog feeder that bricked. Um, it was one of these Silicon Valley startups where, and the product, uh, the startup went under and the products all bricked because of how the update works. And quite a few people came home to find their pets hadn't been fed for a couple of days. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah, I mean, uh. you shouldn't be leaving your pets unattended for that long anyway. But like there is generally speaking, anyone who works in tech knows not to trust smart devices. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's that's why I I have a lot of automated stuff in my home, folks. In case you weren't able to to do the math, I'm an IT geek. That's that's what I do for a living. And yeah. we have a very Internet enabled home, like right down to the point where even my aquarium that I'm sitting next to as I record this podcast has um, a Casa smart device to turn on the ultraviolet sterilizer for the water and the, the light in the hood. But there are days I go, why is it? 10:30 at night and the aquarium hasn't turned off or why is it like two in the afternoon and the light hasn't come on i have to keep an eye on it the and that's kind of something you should think about when you're looking at these teledildonic devices too if this thing had a misadventure shall we say 
what what would the actual risk be? And that's something you should always ask yourself about any internet-enabled device, but especially something that's going to connect with your genitals or be placed in your body. Yeah, I mean, it's a general rule of um, complexity. The more technologically complex something is, the more often and the bigger chance is that something will go wrong. Exactly, exactly. But on the upside, this also does open opportunities for you to take devices that might not necessarily be considered teledildonic and to enable them. Like, I'm going to give a for instance, sometimes if, like, you have an extended household like I do, where you have multiple partners and they're divided up around the world, but none of them are necessarily living alone, you can always ask for someone to help with a hands-on assist for some of these scenes. Like, I'm throwing this idea out into the, the ether, and feel free to, to use it if it works for you, but if you've got someone who can tie down someone and hook them up to a milking machine, and then you connect that milking machine to something like an Amazon plug, mm -hmm. you then have the ability to turn it on and off from any location so long as it's paired with your account. So there are a lot of ways to take some of these Internet of Things devices that might not necessarily be even thought of as like playroom gizmos and adapt them and do something fun with them. Also, with the Max 2, I have been wondering, would it be possible for me to mount that on a swing arm and then have that as part of my bondage chair arrangement so that when someone's arms are strapped down to the armrests and their body is secured to the main part of the chair, I can bring the swing arm over, put their genitals into it after they're good and hard, and remotely mm -hmm. control that or put it on a loop basically turned it into a value-priced milking machine with Internet of Things connectivity. That's really smart. I love that idea. Thank you. Now I just need to find the swing arm. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, one of the fetishes that uh, my boyfriend Wolf and I share is we're very big on milking and cybernetic mm -hmm. equipment and that type of thing. So in a weird way, this has been inspiring us to get a lot of our, our kinks on that we don't normally indulge as much. So that's actually been rather nice. Yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah. Um, and so if we move away from the tech, let's talk about, because we've sort of started shifting it into anyway, sort of strategies and things you can do for long distance doming where you're not going to be able to see each other for a while. And just to sort of maintain that energy and relationship and just make spice things up and make it fun. So I'm, I'm going to give one caveat before we go into this topic. And, and this is speaking as someone who lives with, you know, a partner who's a psychologist and who, you know, has a, a lot of wellness talk um, mm -hmm. around the house. I, I want everyone to understand that even if you and your partner or partners don't keep in as close contact as you usually do, you shouldn't right now at this time construe that as meaning that people aren't interested or aren't still, you know, horned up for you. Mm -hmm. The fact is it's a very demanding time in the world. And sometimes folks need to withdraw a bit just so they can keep themselves on an even keel. So one of the ways I try to keep in touch with some of the boys that I can't physically be with right now is for the ones who are on chastity. Give me a daily check-in on, you know, a lot of us use Telegram, which is a messaging app that also does video. 
you know, give me a daily check-in, use the Telegram video <laughs> feature, show me yourself in your chastity device, or, you know, send me a, a quick picture of you playing with that toy, that sort of thing. So daily messaging check-ins. And if you don't hear from someone that day, maybe you nudge them and maybe there's a penalty, like, I see you didn't send me that video. Well, you're going to put in your hush tonight and you're going to do 30 minutes with the hush and you're going to do this, that, and the <laughs> other. You know, you can keep that sort of a rhythm going in other ways online. Oh, yeah. It, it's mostly about sort of making sure there's enough attention there and sort of something going on to... What am I trying to say here? That essentially there's... You got to blow on the coals to keep them hot. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. And it's sort of like, I know a lot of people who are doing sort of like a weekly challenge. Like you've got to do this every, like uh, there's someone who I know his Dom was making him post pictures publicly of him in a different singlet every day. I know there's someone who um, set them the task of, moving up a size in dildos over a week like there are things you can do quite a few and mm. you know dirty talk good old-fashioned sexting you know back and forth <laughs> that is something that is enjoying something of a, a renaissance i you know mm -hmm. speaking as someone who's also in in the fur community there used to be just like a spate of people with no RP in their profile. You know, I don't like role-playing. I want the real thing. No role-playing. I, I now notice that that seems to have shifted the other way, and people are back to, yes, role-playing. I would like a great mm -hmm. deal of role-playing, please. I can't be there in person. So don't be afraid to type fuck at people, too. Simple and effective for decades. And I have to say, it's been fun because there's a lot you can do in sort of role-playing that just runs a lot smoother in the imagination than what happens in real life like fantasy pure fantasy can be its own sort of fun and i'm really enjoying this sort of renaissance of people wanting to role play online again you know honestly for me the, the type fucking doesn't do it for me the way it used to when i was in my 20s and you know a stiff breeze got me you know mm. instantly hard but um, I will say that what I've really enjoyed is going back to having cam sessions with people. Um, mm -hmm. I haven't done that in so long because I, you know, mostly have been doing stuff in person. But going back to that has been a lot of fun and has kind of sparked some creativity as well. And this is going to be a strange term to coin, but I'm going to go with it. There's a level of healthy objectification that happens with it, too, where you get back to thinking of some of your partners as sex objects in a very good way that both of you mm. enjoy. So, you know, that's, that's been the way I've, I've largely been coping. No, that is good. And I think we've covered most things here. We have indeed. Um, yes. the, the only thing we can say is new devices are coming out every day. Um, obviously we've, mm -hmm. we've talked about that, which we have some experience with, but um, you know, as with any sort of new device you're thinking of bringing into your house, if you find a new type of telepresence sex toy that you like, kick the tires, so to speak. Look at the specifications, look at how it connects, look for reviews, uh, look for cautions, and, you know, 
slowly wade into the deep end. Don't go, yeah, I just locked myself into this new electrified chastity cage that also yeah, like yeah. next to a butt plug. Take take it a step at a time and, and see how it goes. <laughs> cool. So yeah. So as usual, you can find the Kinky Boys podcast on Twitter or we've got King at uh, the kinky boys podcast gmail if you want to email in any suggestions or ask us about anything um i'm on mastodon as boot back boot black cub at uh, bear.community and uh i'm on just about no social media anymore because my heart can't take it anymore but. <laughs> <laughs> i don't blame you <laughs> I'm, i am on telegram and if you write into the show and and feel like sending me a message i'm sure we can we can connect with you but no i'm not on twitter facebook mastodon i am on bdsmler but that's about it cool uh thanks again to our patrons for making this episode possible if you just join up at the one pound tier or one dollar tier depending on your country uh you do get these episodes a week early um so from now what i'll say is i hope you keep well stay safe stay kinky stay horny um and play safe and wash your paws Yes. <laughs>